0: Fishing
1: like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
2: How's it going, guys? Everything's good. good. So today, before I introduce you guys... I just want to um, welcome everyone who's watching to Connected by Water. This is the first episode that we are rolling, producing, having um, of what turned into a huge project that took, I think, two years. We're talking about building this and making this happen, and it's like finally here. Today's the day, and we're just super honored to have you guys on as our first ever Connected by Water podcast guest. Without further ado, Vinilo Sorsa, Sarah Sorsa. Captain Vanilla Sorsa, <laughs> Um from Free to Fighter Outdoors. Thank you for being on. The only question you're required to answer on this show is, how are we connected by water? Well,
1: we're connected by water. Well, first, I want to say thanks. Thanks for having us on. I want to tell you that it, it's special. This is a special year for FFO because it's our five-year, which you know, you designed our five-year logo. But um, mm-hmm. being on your first podcast, you know a lot of really neat, cool people with a great stories. So I appreciate you giving us the opportunity. Mm-hmm to be on your first podcast. It's pretty neat. So we're connected by water. We're connected by water through fishing and through fishing, you know, we do, you know, we do the whole thing with the taking the injured veterans fishing through freedom fighter outdoors and met you by you walking up to me at the, uh, Pompano Beach holiday boat parade last year saying that you'd like to help. And you did exactly what you said and more. So
2: awesome. Yeah. No, uh, I think when we talked about that, you know, from, from our studio perspective, and we're getting asked all the time to donate this and do that. And through our experience, we just realized that, you know, it's better to really kind of just choose one group and focus on that. That's really the best way I think that you can make a difference uh, rather than, you know, donating a print here and donating a print there. And you're really not really putting a dent in the whole thing. Um, so Liz and I discussed that at length, like, you know, the, taking the veteran fishing idea and just veterans in general uh, was really a huge initiative you know, for us, it really is like close to our hearts. And when we met you guys, there was just this whole synergy and this whole togetherness. And, you know, we quickly became friends and I think it just really worked for us. So like, yeah, those are the guys that I think that, you know, you guys are doing it the right way you know, with the give back efforts and everything like that. So you know, f- from my perspective um, it was just a great marriage just to, you know, connect the dots there and just make it happen. So you know, we're super proud to be working with you guys and, You know, and we don't spread ourselves thin on that. It's like, we're like all in with you guys. So it's, I think that's really, you know, how it works for, for both parties. So, um, yeah, no, I'm excited. You guys are here.
3: Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Super exciting.
2: So it's five years.
3: Five years.
2: So how's the last five years been for (laughs) you?
3: Um, five years has, I I feel like we've accomplished so much in five years, way more than we ever thought we would. Mm -hmm. Uh, we never thought we would be here with you. We never thought we'd be making T-shirts. Um, you know, I think last year was, the end of last year of 2018 was, was kind of when it all hit.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So, um, you know, we'd been doing this for, I would say almost 10 years. And then five years ago, we decided to incorporate as FFO. And we had some support of board members in Lighthouse Point And um, Greg Edwards was one of our biggest supporters. Uh, He threw us a cocktail party that kicked off what became FFO. And um, since then, you know, people have gotten involved. But late last year, uh, we had a woman approach us, an artist approach us about doing an art exhibit in New York City. And that became something that was traveling the East Coast. An art exhibit? Yeah, it was an art exhibit of our really? of our veterans, and it was black and white photos of life size photos of them and their story that she hand wrote on their photos. Get out of here! And so, I didn't even know about that. Yeah, Susan Barron was the artist. Is That's the artist, cool. and she um, she said, "I you know I want to try it," and then it developed into a coffee book. She made a coffee table book. What? Yeah, and so it it now is still at the Army Navy Club in DC, and there's talk that it's going to go to Tennessee. It's been in Miami, it's been in New York City and Chelsea, New York, and um, that was it. That was one of our our big moments. And then um, some other things that occurred where we had um, Rhonda Bunker approach us about the Pompano Beach Lighthouse Point Boat Parade. Right. and making us FFO the grand marshal of the parade which was a huge you know a huge moment for us because lighthouse point is where it all started right so um to have that support was 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 big and then that's where our introduction to you took place and you know making the t-shirts and you know it, it's it's just been it's kind of been surreal a little bit we've had our ups we've had our downs and you know the 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 focus that Vinny and I have always had and what we tell everybody that wants to come into FFO is this is only about the veterans. This is why we do it. We do it for the veterans. We do it to try to change lives for them, try to help them. And, you know, if if we have to say no to somebody, we say no, but, you know, in in regards to a veteran, but... you know, we do everything we can. When they ask us for help, we do all we can. And that's yeah. that's that's what the main focus is and what the goal tough is. Tough saying no. It is tough I saying think, no. I mean, yeah. it's like we I even had to say that no. Too. Yeah,
2: You know, it's like really hard saying no to people. It is, yeah. You know, but sometimes you have to.
3: Yeah. So, yeah. and then earlier this year, we had a really cool thing happen in Pennsylvania. One of our board members, who's a volunteer, Brian Carpenter, approached um, a brewery. And, you know, he was just hanging out there and talking. And they started asking about FFO. And they decided to create a beer called Tango Yankee, and it is literally an FFO beer can with our beer. Really? Yeah. So that that you know, since the since over the past year, I feel like things have started to really become bigger than what we ever thought FFO would be. Mm-hmm. And but it's great. It's wonderful. It's a good thing. And you know, it's it's we're excited what the future is going to bring and what more is going to happen. And. It's a good time.
2: I think it's outstanding. I mean, I saw I saw you guys coming from a mile away. I'm like, these guys got it together. I mean, a lot of times, I get asked all the time to do different mm-hmm. things for different people uh, with the artwork, with the donation, donating of time, donating of actual prints and different things like that. You know, and a lot of times you got to kind of look people up and down and be like, sorry, you're, you're just not, you know, I don't think that you're going about it the right way. You know what I mean? And, and you don't say that to people, but you do kind of like pass that judgment against and you know, but I looked at you guys and I'm like, man, this, these are, you know, a couple of people that really got it together, really doing it like for the real reason, the, yeah. the reason it should be done. And, you know, and, you know, kudos to you guys, the outstanding work We appreciate on everything it. that you've achieved.
3: You know? And we have a good team behind us. We, we call it our FFO family. You know, mm-hmm. anybody that gets involved in FFO, we, we welcome them and, you know, anybody who wants to help, we're. We're all for it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not a, it's about, like we've said, it's about the veterans. It's, that's all it's about. So if somebody wants to come in and approach us and help for the veterans sake, we're, we're all ears. We're always open. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Nobody's got an ulterior motive or a self gain agenda. You You
2: find you get a lot of like other captains, like just helping out all the time or just like willing to just throw in their time and what kind of events do you guys do that really would support like a captain coming in with their boat and saying, Hey, I want to help so we do, the, we do the four, we call it our four big events a year because we do more
1: events, but they're all smaller. Like we do all of our hunting events are small, anywhere from two to seven guys. But our, our four big events are February in, in Lighthouse Point, and then we do in April or, or May in Jensen Beach out of River Palm Cottages. Then we do June in Montauk, New York, and then we do November again out of Lighthouse Point, so a week of Veterans Day. Every one of those four big events I'm talking about, we do 24 to 26 veterans. You know so, what wow. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, we do five to six boats out of the, out of, so what you're asking about the captains is at those big events. Um, lately, the last two years, we've had a, a waiting list of captains where, you know, we've been telling, we've had guys who've been with us from the beginning, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, especially like, you know, uh, guys like uh, Kevin Mafood, you know the, the Merits put in their the Caliban in their boat. Yeah, um, they've been with us since the beginning. But we've had a few times where we said, "Hey, do you mind sitting out so we can bring somebody else in who wants to get in?" And uh, it's funny because then it becomes like, "No, no, I I got to sit out. I don't want to sit out." Yeah, right. But it's a good problem to have. It's almost yeah, cool.
3: these captains get addicted to doing it. You know, Mark Ransford, yeah. Greg Thomas, Kevin Mafood, You know, Ed Coulson got involved. There's there's that's been cool. there's been you know. I think Sean Norton got involved. Um, Sean's
2: a good dude. Yeah, and yeah. Um,
3: Scott Dennis, and it's it's almost like an addiction to them. They're like, no, I'm ready, I'm ready. Tell me when the next one is. I'm right. I'm in, I'm in. Right. So it's 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 a good thing. And and you know these captains mesh so well with the veterans. Mm-hmm. They are so good with, you know, they just become friends. It's like they hit it off. It's just like a lifelong friendship. It's like, you know, by the time we get to lunch, we start off with a kickoff dinner. The events begin with a kickoff dinner at the hotel um, the night before the event. The next morning we go to Lighthouse Point Marina, Christian speakers on our board, and we go to Lighthouse Point Marina, and that's where all the boats meet. And Christian and Debbie uh, provide breakfast for all the veterans, and at like, by the time that the captains have breakfast with the veterans, by the time they're getting on the boat to go fish that day, it's like they've been friends for 20 years. That's you, so cool. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, they're already making fun connected of each other. Connected yeah. by water. Yeah. yeah like
2: I'm exactly.
3: Telling you. Exactly.
2: Yeah, that's like a true like connected by water yeah. kind of moment, not to like really brand the whole thing that we're doing here, but it really is. And that's that's why we named this that. Because you know, yeah. when you go fishing with someone, it's a lot different than like going out to a bar at night with someone. Like you can bond, you can have a good time. Like, yeah, we partied, you know, anything like that. When you go fishing with someone, there's like a different level of camaraderie that happens. Like, when you spend a full day on the water with somebody, you, know, you, you connect. It's true. You know, it's, it's like this weird thing that maybe yeah. it's the sea. Like, there's all these mythical things that people always say about the ocean and what it does to people. Like, but maybe it's, it's something, there's something to be said about that. Because when you're out on the water with someone all day, especially when you've been fishing multiple times with someone, you really become like better friends than you would have if you didn't go fishing together. That makes sense. It's so true. 100%. And that's why I, the whole connected by water thing is, is it, it makes sense to us, you know what I mean? Because when you're, there's just something that comes over you and brings you together when you share that passion and that love. Yeah, it's so yeah.
1: true. 100%. I, when, you, when you said connected by water the first time, never really thought of that phrase and how you're connected in your own life. Like my own life, I started thinking about it. From growing up, if, if I wasn't fortunate enough to have a dad that had a house on the water in Annapolis, and that's what got me catching bluefish and striped bass, caused caused the obsession that I have. And then I started thinking about it. Literally, every single one of my my personal friends, every person that we have in FFO supports us. It's all through fishing, water, boating, mm-hmm. living near the water, enjoying the water.
3: Even our sponsors. Our yeah, sponsors. Right. I
1: mean, like everybody that, I, that that we have. So I love that phrase because- um, It's true, in so many. It's it's true in my personal life. It's true in my work life. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's so it's,
3: true. And even when I think now that you're saying that, even when I think about reaching out, like who else can we get on board? Who else can sponsor us? It's all associated with fishing or yep. being out on the water or being out in the like always. So it's so true.
2: And there's a lot of people in this industry that I find that you know, you always have the good and the bad, you know. And there's some people that you, you know. I guess maybe in any dis- industry is like that, but this. Industry, especially, but just because it's such a tight knit group, everyone seems to be like in everyone's business in some way, shape, or form. And I just try to like let it, you know, go roll right off my back a lot of times, you know. But you know, we are a tight knit community that is really like bound by this for better or for worse, you know. And you just got to navigate it properly, just like any storm you see. But um, you know, bringing people together on this show, you know, allowing people to have their platform, you know, is really the goal uh, uh, of this, you know, and just to like, it's all about community. It's all about whether it's salt, whether it's lake, you know, whether it's fresh water, you know, offshore, inshore, you know, you don't even have to fish. You know, if you're just, if you're a politician and you want to talk about clean water in the Everglades I and mean, we're, you're basically in our Everglades studio right now. I mean, we're, we're a mile away. Um, you know, that's what it comes down to you know for us It's like bringing that community onto a wider platform than just our little Opano bubble you know um so you talked about Annapolis right so you're you were born there
1: yeah born in New York i was raised in Annapolis born in New York raised
2: in Annapolis yeah. right we went out to dinner one night and you told me, <laughs> you told me this story I'm sorry. I'd like maybe like one too many glasses of wine, but all I remember was like, this is like an, an amazing story. Are you willing to share that story with us today about your whole heritage and how the heck the sources ended up in the United States of yeah. America? <laughs> yeah. That's no, a wild story. I've only told it a few times. Yeah. Um, I just
1: thought it was, I don't even, it was I, cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think I, I don't even think Mike's ever heard it. But yeah. By the way, a,
2: Mike, Mike's in the room here. Sorry we don't set a headphones for you today, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I don't I really don't tell it that much, and but you it's get, a, and they got the little you know, mini Lisaur Yeah,
1: I don't I don't think uh anyway, I haven't told him many times, but it's a good story. Yeah. And it's something eventually I should put down on on paper because I always
3: tell him he needs to write a book.
1: Yeah, well just I was thinking just for nothing else, just for It's this whole razor's edge like moment, like every time. Just for generation like, you know, for our kids' kids or something who wonder what how and how they got here—it's a uh-huh. good story. But yeah, so I guess um, I'll talk about my mom's side first. Sure, whatever. Um, you know, my we got all day. Uh, yeah, my my <laughs> what? Okay, I guess I got to talk about my my mom's parents, my grandparents. Um, they were in there. They were in there. Uh, well, my grandfather was, you know, thirty years old. Uh, you know, he he ended up wanting to come to the, come to the U.S. To, um, better better medical care and everything else. He served over in Italy. My whole family heritage is from Italy. Um, and they decide that they're going to get on, you know, an ocean liner and come to the U.S. And that ocean liner was the Andrea Doria. And the Andrea Doria, when they came over, um, got, you know, in the fog, got hit by the Stockholm. Mm-hmm. Andrea Doria ended up sinking. Uh, my mom and my grandmother, women and children, on first. They ended up, you know, they ended up getting on, getting on a lifeboat, got separated from my grandfather. They were separated for a little while. They lost everything, you know, they, they had like a, it was like the old school wooden trunk with all their stuff in it. You mm-hmm. know, my mom's birth certificate, my grandparents' wedding pictures, everything literally is sitting at the bottom of the ocean. Um, and that disaster kind of, it, it changed their lives because then when they got the settlement from the ocean liner company, you know, from, from the injured area sinking, you know, you get $5,500 and they turned that into buying a duplex in a story of Queens. And
2: what year was that? Nineteen fifty four. Nineteen fifty four. Fifty five yeah. hundred bucks. That's a good chunk of change. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm yeah. sorry, fifty six. Nineteen fifty six. Yeah. So yeah, they ended up turning that into um, you know, a success story. Mm-hmm. For lack of a better words. You lose everything, but you know, they turned it into a good story. Um, both my grandparents were hardworking people. Um, my grandfather was in construction, my grandmother went to work for she worked at a coat factory and she worked for T W A at LaGuardia Airport and they just got a they they both had a, a great story. But um so then on my dad's side too, my dad's family came over from Italy and my dad could have, um, when my dad came over, um, when, you know, when they got to Ellis Island, they could have easily, uh, they, they listed him born as, as born in the U.S. because he was just an infant. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if his life would have been different. It probably would have been if he wasn't, if he had to go through the different avenues to kind of not be, you know, listed as born in the U.S. because he ended up becoming a Secret Service agent and his story was becoming a Secret Service agent was that he went to go become an NYPD officer and the Secret Service was hiring. And when they decided to hire, um, they took the top 2% from the big cities in the US mm-hmm. who, who, who did well in their exams and brought them in for an interview. The guys didn't even know that's what was happening. They just grabbed the top 2% of all the applicants. And in New York's did Really? Yeah, so he got grabbed and he was, he spoke Spanish, he spoke Italian. Right. And they, they were, you know, the Secret Service was a lot of treasury fraud. So his first assignment, when they hired him, they sent him to Puerto Rico for a bunch of treasury fraud. And then shortly after that, he went on the presidential detail from Carter to Clinton. He was on the presidential detail. And that's how I ended up in Annapolis um, because he was working in DC.
2: That makes sense. Yeah.
1: And he, my dad was gone all the time when I was a kid. He was, you know, he's literally, I mean, he, he was probably, he was probably gone more in a year than he was home. But when he was home, it was, he, he did a really good job at, you know, we had a little 17 aqua sport. You know, we go out and we go fishing. Remember those aqua sports, like the little teal sticker on the side. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, So, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, we—I spent some time in North Carolina for a little while, um, Emerald Isle area. Everything I did as a kid, my dad always put us on the water. My dad was obsessed with the water, and that—if I didn't—that's—that's how I am. Where I—where I am. If my dad didn't do that, if I was landlocked, he didn't have an interest in fishing, I probably wouldn't have. But. uh, well, that you know, that being said, that's kind of this that's kind of this crazy family success story that I have. And the interesting part is is like now um I actually fished over the Andrew Dory a few times when we go to Nantucket with the boats oh, over the summer. Yeah.
2: So it's that close to land?
1: Uh yeah, what is it? It's like a hundred miles, seventy five miles south of Nantucket. Oh wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it was we were catching close. codfish over it and I was I texted my mom a few screenshots of the, Mm -hmm. of the sonar
2: on your way to the Flemish cap. Yeah. (laughs) Texted her a few pictures (laughs) of
1: the sonar and said, there's, there she, there she is down at the bottom. But, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. It is a cool story. So
2: before that, what they were in, was it Venezuela?
1: My dad, my dad went to Venezuela to go, uh, his, my dad's, my mom's family wasn't necessarily poor. My grandfather was just sick. He needed better medical care. Okay. My dad's side of the family, they didn't have a lot. So they came to the U.S. strictly to make some money. But on the way from, on the way from Italy, they stopped in Venezuela and there was, they were, you know, there was a lot of logging and, and lumber right. going on there. And he stopped there and made some money yeah. before
2: they came to New York. Right. And that's where my dad, you know, that, that's where my dad was born. So. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So then, then they came, that's why he was an infant when. Yeah. Uh, okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Just, just crazy turn of events. Right. So then they almost, you know, just never happened. Like this, this little source of clan and just like, you know, with the sinking <laughs> of the boat and yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yep. And you, what's I don't the, have
3: uh, a, I don't have any crazy stories what's your like background? that, but I was, I was born and raised here in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. And, um, um, We, my mom, my mom was a single, I had a single mom growing up and she did a good job of getting me out on the water. We, we went to the Keys a lot, actually. I have a lot of memories of like lobstering and, you know, she was always into going to the beach and, you know, she, my younger siblings are really into, they my younger brother was always really into the water and, um. You know, she tried, she tried, you know, she was, she, she did work a lot. And, but when she could, she always, she, she had us down to the keys a lot. She had us at the beach a lot. She got into fishing for a while. Um, <clears throat> but my grandfather, um, my grandfather, who I was close with growing up, he passed away when I was 16. He had served. And um, I think that was one of our connections when we met was just, you know, the, the, being outdoors, hunting, fishing, mm-hmm. that whole sort of thing, and you know, um, a dedication to our veterans. Right. So, you know, I don't have any crazy stories like Vinny does and he you know, it's enough to write a book, but right. but right. yeah. I mean, I I'm born and raised here, grew up close by.
2: Right on. So when you guys were thinking about starting FFO, like is it was that just like kind of like a natural progression? Of, like, just, like, helping veterans out, like, taking, like, how did that kind of come to fruition, you know, when you were developing the whole program? So, I, I wonder if it's more of a long-winded answer than,
1: than you're shooting for, but I guess I could tell you how it completely started. Mm-hmm. In 2009, we started, and we were working with Wounded Warrior Project. Okay. And uh, I met, Sarah and I met in 2011, and when Sarah and I met, um, the events changed a lot. Because Sarah started putting her, like, you know, touch on things. She started packing gift bags for the guys. And, you know, I was just having these guys show up the night before. They were staying in the hotel. Right. And then I'd take them fishing, and they were going, they were going back that afternoon or that night. There wasn't, you know, I'd take them, you know I mean? It, it wasn't, wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a lot of it
2: wasn't, yeah. pomp and circumstance around no, it. No, yeah. no,
1: it wasn't like an event. It was right. just like, come on, we're going fishing. And that was, that was it. But when Sarah, you know, when Sarah and I met, we were talking about how we can make it a little bigger. And that was right around the same time where I was getting – a lot of messages from friends saying I want to help and I want to do it let me put let me do it with my boat and then I started saying oh, instead of getting five guys I'll get 10 instead of getting 10 I'll get
2: 15 and yes. we'll take four or five out of piece. It just kind of happen organically
1: it's 100% yeah. that's
2: how you know it's right though in, in my mind it's just we didn't like things for, yeah. yeah
3: we didn't force anything we just kind of we just kind of said you know let's let's see who would want to get involved let's see how many more boats would want to let's just what's if somebody says no they say no let's just ask
4: yeah it's not going to hurt
3: you know And I I feel like it just kind of did its thing. And, you know, people wanted to get it. Like Vinny said, people were asking to get involved. So we don't say no if people ask to get involved. So it's like, okay, you know, you have a big boat. You can fit six guys. Let's get six guys out here. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, we had just had Joey. So he was, you know, a couple months old at the time. And Vinny said... Joe,
1: Joe was six days old. Was <laughs> six days. Yeah,
3: <laughs> and I
1: was doodling a picture of a logo.
3: Yeah, I think I was like, I don't know. We have a newborn, you know. Ella, Ella was starting yeah. elementary school. I was like, I don't, I don't know. You know, the, that's a lot. You know, this is a lot to take. A new business, when you have a newborn, is a lot to take on. Right. But it was so, you know, it was so important to him that I was like, you know what, let's see where it goes. If, it, it, if we have to stop it, then we'll figure that out at the time. We'll, right. we'll do what we have to do. But let's give it a try and see how it goes. I just didn't know personally— how much work would be involved behind the scenes? Yeah,
2: had you have known then,
3: <laughs> right? But I mean, it's just a lot of it's running. It's running a business, you know. Sure. That's that's what it is. Yep. But um, for us, luckily, it's more than a business. It's it's you know giving back, and it's you know it, it, it's it's kind of like a luxury business, you could say. Um, but it's you know it, it, that's how it kind of kicked off. As Vinny was like, I have this idea. I have this vision. And I said, you know, my first thoughts were, well, what would we name it? And, you know, we have to have a logo and we have to, you know, we have to do this, like all the little things. Right. And so Vinny literally sat down at our kitchen table one night and he's just drawing, drawing pictures. And, you know, if you go on our website and you look at our logo or go on our social media and look at our logo, the logo with the ducks, the sport fish boat, the, what else is on there? The antlers. The, the antlers yeah. um, Vinny drew that.
1: That that that's. It wasn't that good, but no, it was good. (laughs)
3: I still have the original drawing. Actually, I should. I'll put it up on social media. I should for a five year, Um, but you know, he drew it, and then we were kind of toiling with names. What do we do with names? What do we do with names? And you know, we were just thinking. I think the name thing took a couple days to really, you know. And I said, what about? Let's not. Let's kind of stay off. You know, the wounded warrior path. Let's Mm -hmm. try to not go with that name because at that time the Wounded Warrior name was just blowing up. It was everywhere and people were piggybacking off of Wounded Warrior Project and doing all these all these great things with veterans and starting these organizations. And so I said I had this thought, you know, what about Freedom Fighter? And Vinny was like, Yeah, I kind of like that. And somehow we incorporated the outdoors into it. And mm-hmm. it, you know, it all just it all just kind of developed in that in the in the condo at the time. We were living in a condo and we, we all just it just kind of we just dreamt it up in our heads and dreamt it up and it just became a thing and that's it it really just took off and over time the first 2 years were a little bit of a struggle i feel like i feel like we did really good and and then you know and i, I mean i don't know how
2: uh, first 2 years was tough the first 2 years yeah, was we tough we experienced that too yeah yeah
3: and it was just i think it was more so you know getting our name out there, getting getting people to really take us seriously and see what we were about and, and you're learning your process. yeah, too. and we're yeah. still learning. we yeah. still have a lot to learn. you know, five years is an accomplishment, but it's still so young. and um, you know, it just kind of it kind of took off and we and luckily we have so much, like you said, you know we have community support mm-hmm. and that's the biggest if it's you really can important. have your community behind you, then you can grow in other places and and we have our community behind us and we have you know like we said we had we have Brian Carpenter in Pennsylvania we have Joe Snyder in Pennsylvania both are veterans very involved on our board and on our outreach and they they focus like you know 100% of their time in growing us in different areas of the country and that that's becoming a thing so that's huge for us and you know but the biggest we've learned that the biggest support that you can have is your local community like that's, that's the best and biggest thing.
2: 1000%. Yeah. I, I I couldn't agree more. I mean,
3: you, yeah, you're a local. You, we're, yeah. You're we're in a, a very support. similar position
2: yeah. as you guys are. We're, we're in our fifth year as well. Yeah. You know, and of being a full time, but we also were doing it for years before we incorporated right. and everything like that. I had a day job, mm-hmm. you know, Sean was born two months premature mm-hmm. and, you know, we always said like after our second kid, we're going to take the leap and three months later. I'm quitting my day job when we started this place and it kind of a scary leap. And oh, yeah. the first two years it's, you know, it's daunting. Um, but you know, you get past that hump and you build your network and you build your community and you know, eventually things start flowing if you really stay focused on what your goals are. Um, you know, I, I think, I think that's really important you know, and you're, you're nothing without the people yeah. around you. Like I, I'll be the first to admit that. I mean, there's people in this room, there's people in the rooms next door to me. Um, people that aren't even in town right now that, you know, are just key players and making everything happen for us. So I can totally relate to what you're saying. Um, yeah, you're in
3: the same boat. Yeah. same Such similar situation.
2: Yeah. And I th- that's another reason why I think the relationship works too. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to touch on, on one person, mm-hmm. right, that you mentioned earlier, um, you know, Rhonda Bunker, mm-hmm. that did a lot for the community with the, the holiday parade. Yes. Um. Last year, and you guys were, um, the the lead grand marshal. The grand marshal, right? Right. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a pretty cool event last year. Now you guys brought veterans in. Yeah,
3: we that? brought. Gosh, I can't remember how many. I th- I I, I want to say nine. I was gonna ten, say I was to say eight. nine or I don't ten. Remember. Yeah, it was eight, okay. nine, or
1: ten guys came remember. in. Right. They we, all got to ride on the Coast Guard boat and lead the parade. Yeah, that's awesome. And
3: we and what was so special about that too is our events. You know, I don't know where FFO is going to take, you know, where it's going to go in the future. But that event was really special to us, too, because we got to invite their whole family.
4: Uh-huh. They
3: Their wives got to come, their girlfriends, their kids. You know, Rhonda said, let them bring everybody. And the veterans themselves got to ride on the Coast Guard boats. We had a couple um, boats in the boat parade that um, they were able to bring. They brought the wives and the children on. Some of the wives and children want to stay back at, at, at the marina and watch the boat parade from land so it was really special because that was like the first event we could say that families were involved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we hope to get somewhere in the future where we can we can have their families involved. I think it makes a difference sometimes with veterans. I think it, so. It opens them up a little more to say, these are my kids, this is my wife, this is my husband, whatever it may be. But that was really, really special to us. And Rhonda did such a good job not to take over. Um, I know you're still talking, but not to take oh um, Rhonda did a good job at just, you know, again, we hit it off with her. She, she fit in so well with the veterans. They liked her, she liked them. And that's a, that's a big part of FFO is, you know, just meshing well with everybody. And, um, I think like Vinny said, and like you said, they it was for the right reasons, right. you know, it was in it, her heart was in it. She's very supportive of our veterans, uh, you know, not just for FFO veterans in general. And, um, you know she's her heart is in the right place when it comes to, you know, spreading the word, raising awareness, raising money, totally. things like that. And and that was that was really really special to us. She's got
2: a real talent of connecting the right people with the right yes. people. I mean, I, and I've told her that that that's really like her true talent is yeah. like she just sees connections between people, and she's able to. I mean, that's how we got introduced to each other, and she was so dead on. She's like you need to talk to FFL, yes. you need to talk to these people, you know, like you guys are so in line with what you guys are all trying to achieve here. Um, Cause you know, giving back is a huge part of our studio. Like we really believe in that. Like I, I I'm not just like some capitalist, just kind of like trying to like uh, money. It's like, yeah, we want to be profitable, but you know, there, at the end of the day, you want to feel like you're creating something that's special um, that, you know, it's meaningful. Um, and, and that really means a lot more to just you, know, you, you know, yeah. um, you know, I'm supporting my family through this business and the whole thing like that. And it's like, you, know, you want your kids to be, look at your business one day and be like, wow, mom and dad really built something cool, you know? And that's really, I think what it's all about. Not just being like, yeah, mom and dad have a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, okay, you I know agree. I mean? that, I that's think not everything. Yeah. You know? we
3: th- I, 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 I mean, Vinny, we're so busy. You know, we don't always – we don't talk as sometimes as much as we'd like. But, um, you know, I have those thoughts a lot. Like we, And once in a while we do talk about, you know, what's going to happen with FFO one day. I hope I hope the kids really love it enough that they'll keep it going and they'll stay connected mm-hmm. with it and involved in it. And, you know, it is important to us that our kids are are, are you know, seeing – what we do and they're proud of what we do. It mm-hmm. is important to us. And like you said, it's, it's so important to, to have that connection with your children. And, um, you know, we, we got Ella involved at, at five years old at such a young age. And we, we had people that <laughs> try to
2: hide over there. <laughs> we had people
3: saying, Oh, you have your kid around, you know, these veterans. And, and, and we're like, yeah, we do. Yeah. It's important to us that our kids see, You know what this country is about you know how things work in this country how you know what veterans and their families the sacrifices they make for us you know strangers that they don't even know it's very important to us that our kids are very involved. joey's joey's been i mean i've been doing this with joey since i was pregnant you know joey's been going i've I've been carrying to events since he was you know six months old four
2: months old so funny hearing you say that because at the bridge thing yeah i don't know if you noticed did you see sienna when she was setting up her tent, eight years old, eight and she years just old. walks in like yeah. she owns a show and she just starts setting up. She starts talking to customers yeah. and she's getting people to sign yeah, email her email list and everything like that. It's like, she- I remember at one point I like looked at her and she was talking to somebody. I don't know who it was at the table. And someone was pulling me away. Some of some city officials like, Hey, you got to meet this person. And I looked back at the booth. And I saw that Sienna, my eight year old daughter was talking to someone like, and the thought that came into my head was, all right, cool. Sienna's there. She's got this. <laughs> and then I started walking. I'm like, wait, did I just say that? My eight year old daughter's got this, you know, it's, but yeah. It's, and it's when cool. we
3: when we approached your booth, she was standing there with the, with the email form saying, would you like to sign the email? I mean, she's all in, you yeah. know, and it's, 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 it's surreal for you and it makes you proud that you've developed something yep. that your child is now proud of dad and yep. she's got your back, you yep. know, she's got your back and, you know Ella's now and getting older and involved in service hours and things like that and and she's you know she's super involved. She helps mm-hmm. me at home. You know I'll be at home and she'll I'll be I'll be putting brochures and packets and koozies and packets and she she'll just come and sit down and you know do the routine with me and put stickers on thing. I mean, you know it's 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 a it's a good feeling. Yeah, it's a good it feeling is. that you know you've developed something that you know. It, can make your kids super proud of you for sure. And it makes you proud to know how involved they are with it. You know, it goes both ways for them for, and for you.
2: It really does. I mean, and you know, some days you want to bring the kids into the studio or or like into the business and they can be around. And it's just really just like, that's the whole reason that you're doing it. You just want to like, you know, own your own deal, you know, and just like, this is your world. And if you can have people come into your world too, and just enjoy it as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's meaningful.
3: Absolutely. I agree.
2: Yeah. So, um, I wanted to show you guys brought a video here too. I think it's important to show like what you guys do, um, oh. with, you know, taking these guys fishing and, um, there was one veteran in particular, I think we wanted the to feature today and I guess you can probably speak to that a little bit, um, better, but I think the video that we're going to show is really gives a good example of, um, FFO in action. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, Drew Drew Offerdahl, who's a local local guy, that mm-hmm. owned Offerdahl's, Drew
1: Offerdahl, and his friend Sean Wilkes, They they approached us about helping us make a video, and they did it for you know just on their own.
2: Yeah. So. So this is it here. Yeah. This is what February 2018.
3: Yeah, this Started is our of a, a lighthouse, lighthouse Point event. event. Okay. And um, I think they that's featured the that's Derek Butler's service dog and, and um. Yeah, there's. that's Mike Burke. He's one of our outreach officers, and if you want, we'll tell you more about the outreach program. Sure. But, um, you know, basically, Bird Jones was in this video and talks about his involvement with FFO, and I think we met Bird a year prior to this video being through, done. Through Mike Burke. Through Mike Burke, and um, Bird was... Just one of those people, you know. He showed up. a mic brought him to an event. He said, "I got a guy, and I want to introduce you to him. He's Bird Jones." And he brought um, Bird on, and he, it, it just, you know, we just hit it off with Bird. He's a good guy. He's a great veteran, and you know, he's, you know, he just talks about how much FFO means to him. And it's interesting. I love when these videos happen, and it's kind of going on when we don't know what's going on because you'll hear these veterans say things to in the video. That maybe they don't say normally to our faces, or we don't really get to have a heart-to-heart no, with them at cool. an event. Yeah. So it's nice to hear. Oh, there's these Bert there. Yeah.
4: yeah. Yeah that's crazy 4am imagine that like you know yeah
2: That's awesome. Yeah. The, um, that's cool too. I know Dan Coe Pliers does a lot. We have great, that's a great business. Yeah. We Mm -hmm. have
3: wonderful sponsors that, that really are behind us. And, um, you know, I mean, if you go on our website, we have a dedicated page with all of our sponsors on it with their Mm -hmm. logos. You can click the link. It'll take you to their website. Um, I'm not going to name them all cuz I don't want to forget anybody but no, um cool. yeah, yeah. but we have so many sponsors that you know we email them and say we've got an event coming up you know I just want to let you know this is how many people are coming this is how many veterans are attending this is they even send enough for captains and mates you know enough for their yeah, gift bags awesome. and it's just you know to have the support of big name companies is is huge for us it's huge
2: I was looking at Burden at video and I had the pleasure of meeting him at one of our events that we had last year. A really cool guy. Very down to earth. You know, super appreciative of everything that you guys do and everything that the people around you do. Um, and it just feels so good, like, seeing a video like that. Knowing, like, if it wasn't for you guys, that dude's probably just sitting on his butt in Orlando watching TV. Mm-hmm. Right? And this gets him out of the house and this gets him going. Um, and pff, he's earned it. Yeah. That's for damn sure. You know what I mean? You're talking like 4am, you know, at 3am when he was sleeping, he had his leg, you know, and these are the sacrifices that these people give to us, you know, and, you know, I'm getting a little like choked up here, but we're growing up in a generation where like, maybe people don't really appreciate that as much anymore. You know what I mean? But it's, it's important that people pull together and make that like something that people are aware of, you know, and not only just raising awareness, Know, but actually taking action on it. So my hats off to you guys. No, I appreciate Fantastic it. Fantastic stuff. I, that that brings up something that
1: I think is um, not to talk about ourselves or say that, uh, that what we do is so great. But one of the things that that we did at FFO and we decided that we were going to do it, our generation. I do agree with you. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, maybe you know a little bit younger than us. They uh-huh. don't seem to understand the sacrifices that these guys actually go through. A lot of them who come pass by our events and they see these guys standing there. They kind of do that. And like, Whoa, I don't know if it might be the first time they've ever really considered it or thought about it or seen it with their own eyes. But what of is thinking about it is, um, how poorly back when, during Vietnam, how those guys were treated when they got back. And I don't know about it firsthand. I'm too young to understand, but I hear mm-hmm. all the stories at FFO. We we've had, we've been fortunate enough to have a few guys in our late nineties, early, like a hundred year old guys come from world war two. And, to the events really yeah we've had guys from korean war vietnam we wow. don't say it's just iraq and afghanistan it's any it's any war and the other thing that um uh we, we don't just say is um you know our criteria when somebody writes us an email is you got to be 30 percent disabled or a purple heart recipient to you know to apply to, to to come on an event that being said we're really lenient and if um um uh, you know say one of our guys he's horribly injured and he says, Hey, my corpsman saved my life. He's not injured, but can he come? Yes. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. A lot of these battle buddies is what we call them. Okay. If, if, you know, it was somebody that was in their Humvee when they got blown up, even though he's not disabled by the VA, you know, that they can come and that we, right. So our initial criteria before we really get to know them and they, they send us their little bio about what, what they've done and we get their DD 214 and look at it with our own eyes. Um, our initial criteria to apply is you know thirty percent disabled or Purple Heart recipient, but we don't say it's just Iraq or Afghanistan or you know a recent war. It's any war, mm-hmm. and it's it's very interesting because we have a we have a few guys who are from the Vietnam era, who they were they were more quiet and more of a, like hermits than a lot of these young guys, and it took them a day or two to come out, and then by day three, I mean they're just. I mean, they're just razzing and, really. and making fun of these young
2: guys. You don't is even there, know. You don't know what we did when we yeah, were in. Right. There. You know, it's, it's great. That's what I was going to say. It was like, is there kind of like a, like a competition, like oh, a, like yeah. a camaraderie competition going on there? Oh, yeah. yeah, nobody
1: had it harder than than, than, the, than the Vietnam yeah, guys, and right. that's what they love telling these young guys. Yeah. You know, MREs we didn't eat for three days. You know, I mean, like <laughs> yeah. all those stories. But it's really, I think that camaraderie is really good. And the the other great thing that um, we were saying, Sarah was touching on before about. Um, how the captains become best friends with the veterans and they become friendly. The, the thing that's, that, you know, connects everybody after the event too, is you see on Facebook or Instagram, everybody started following each other. Right. You know, right after the event, captains, mates, the owners of the boats, you know, people who own the restaurant, they're everybody just friend requested each other. Now, um, these veterans really feel like they matter, you know, if if all these people are reaching out to them, they would, you know, friend requesting them and, and now they're commenting on every picture they put up with their kid or whatever. Um, I think that's a big part of it is it just it's goes true. beyond the event. Now they feel like they matter to another 30 people. Right. Now they come on another event. Now they meet another 30 people. Um, yeah. I'm glad,
3: I'm glad you brought that up because you know, I'm, I'm on, I'm probably on Facebook more than you in the sense of, you know, like I have my personal page and then, cause that's how I run FFOs uh, Facebook. And, you know, you don't realize it until you go through your feed and you see a veteran talking to a sponsor and a sponsor talking to a volunteer. And, you know, you go through and you're like, wow, all these people wouldn't be talking to each other right now if it wasn't for FFO. These people are, there are hundreds of mutual friends now just from one event. You know, these, you know, these, Scott Dennis's Razzing Bird and, and, Bird is rising sky, and you know it's like all these people are all connected now, just from one single fishing event, just one event. And it, it's so important because, like Vinny said, it doesn't. And this is what our outreach—we have our outreach, which we'll talk about. But our outreach, we have them speak at every event. We mm-hmm. we kind of we kind of took 2019 to to for Vinny and I to take kind of a back step at events and let outreach talk more to the group. Right. We'd love to have them on too. Absolutely, yeah, whenever sure. you're ready, we'll bring yeah. them in. Um, and, um, the thing about that is, you know, we, I think Ken normally says, Ken Weiner, one of our outreach officers, he'll say, you know, it doesn't end here. We don't just put you back on the plane and you go home. It's not going to stop here. We are now forever connected to you and you are forever connected to us. And, you know, it's two o'clock in the morning and you don't have anybody to talk to go to Facebook because now you're friends with 50 new people through FFO and you can call one of us and we'll answer the phone. So that, that, that knowing that it's just, you don't just come on our event. you don't just go fishing. We don't just give you some lunch and then you go home for the night. And then you just talk about this event for a couple of weeks to your friends. And, you know, it doesn't stop there. We have a FFO. We just started this year and a private FFO veterans page, any veteran that has attended an FFO event gets welcomed into the page. So they can oh, post cool. about so, their so. family, the That's great. Yeah, no, yeah, no, volunteers,
1: no sponsors. It's Nothing. just the veterans it's that are on an event. If, oh, that's good. if
3: you are a veteran and you attended an event, you are on. You are in that group. And we have guys coming on, guys, girls, whoever co- coming on our events. We pr- bring them onto the page. I actually monitor the page, and they they can post about their kid caught a goldfish, you mm-hmm. know, at the local fair, and they post about it. You want to share something? You found a funny meme about anything you go there and you share it and it's it's constant. It's you know, mm-hmm. there's somebody posting about it every day. You're having a bad day. You go in, you post about it. All these phone numbers start coming onto your feed. Call me, call me, call me. So it doesn't just stop at our events. It is you are forever intertwined with FFO if you want to be. You're forever right. intertwined and and you now have a whole new community of support with you.
2: Which is even more important I think to for people to understand why it's important to help you guys out to keep it yeah. going it's just things like that stay alive for these guys yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah the good thing about the veterans page is
1: is as you can imagine it's, it, it makes total sense is that we noticed a lot at ten thirty at night 11 30 at night somebody will write a message anybody still up you know and then somebody will te- message back yeah call me and they just want to talk nice. you know mm-hmm. and which they probably wouldn't do if it was open public you know what I mean? It yeah. gives them an avenue yeah. to stay candid and, and not feel like they're being judged, which is a great thing. Um, yeah, because, you know, at night, that's when a lot of these guys have trouble sleeping. Like, and, you know. Or they have a bad dream. They get haunted. Or, they get yeah. haunted by, sure. they wake up with bad dreams. And then, um, you know, instead of deciding to go start drinking, they'll call somebody else. And you talk to somebody who knows exactly what you're talking about, which, because, like, Sarah and I can't relate to the, the war well, That's the, 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 the war thing I was going to
2: say. When she talked about- like the, we, we talked about the camaraderie. Once you go fishing with someone, you're bonded and all right. that, right? So I know that if you put a guy or a girl that I've been fishing with seven years ago into this room, like we'll be like, hey, you know what I mean? We went fishing. You know, we, we could talk. I can only imagine how those guys are, but also having that empathetic, sympathetic background of what they were all went through added on top of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to be, yeah. Yeah, and that's
3: why, that's one of the reasons we developed outreach is because we have Freedom Fighter Outdoors outreach. And that's one of the reasons we developed it. And we handpick veterans. Um, And, you know, these veterans aren't always, you know, walk into a room and, and have it all together. Some of our veterans, some of our outreach officers, I mean, you know, we won't name names or anything like that, but we have a group text and we'll get text in the middle of the night that Vinny are on "Uh, someone. Please call me. Please call me. Please call me. Our outreach officers don't always have it all together, you know, and that's okay. That's Mm -hmm. we're all human. And, you know, I've noticed since we've had outreach, more veterans actually asking for help. You know, it's the middle of the night. Can you please someone please call me? Whereas before, and maybe it's the Facebook page, maybe it's the outreach. I maybe it's the veterans having outreach every night. We have every night or day. You know, before a kickoff dinner or a kickoff lunch or something, we'll have a veteran speak about or an outreach officer speak about their story, how they got impacted by FFO, how they got involved, what makes them stay involved. And I think that helps the other veterans relate more so than Vinny and I getting up and saying, thanks for coming, you know, mm-hmm. it where they have somebody who is in their shoes, who has hardships, who has really good days and really, really bad days. So I think that that, you know, as, as we're growing and this outreach is becoming more open and involved, uh, I see more veterans asking for help. And I think it's because they can now relate to these people involved with FFO who have served and who have seen things that they have, that Vinny and I haven't seen, you know, and you can say you relate, but you know, if you're, if you haven't been there on the lines then you don't, yeah, you don't know. And um, I think that the outreach really, the program really helps. I think it helps our guys on outreach. It gives them a purpose. And, you know, we wish we could bring everybody on outreach and, Hopefully we'll be at that point, but you know, for now we have that Facebook page where, you know, if you've come on an event, you you know you have to come on an event to be on that on that veteran page, Um, and luckily right now I think I have twenty three new people waiting to come on uh, on the page, so that's a whole event right there of new veterans, Um, but you know I I think that that it really helps. I think having those guys connect really Mm helps.
2: Do you find that you have veterans in your group that have graduated? Into the outreach, being coming outreach people.
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah. is, is that how sure. that
1: happens? Or yeah, I was gonna say. Let me. I was gonna explain a little bit how outreach happened when we when we started FFO. It was just me and Sarah fielding like some of the the late night texts from guys. Um, you know, hey, my, you know, I got an argument with my wife. Or, you know, this is what I got going on, and you know, she doesn't, she can't understand what I'm going through, and it, you know, between my work life, us having a family, I ended up saying to Sarah, I said, you know. Um, I said, I was talking to, you know, I was talking to Ken Weiner, one of our, one of our veterans that we're very friendly with. Ken was involved with us before we made FFO. Um, I'd say, you know, Ken's always saying, you know, give these guys my number. I'll talk to them. And then Sarah and I were like, well, wait a second. What if we keep like the same acronym of FFO, but call it instead of Freedom Outdoors, say Freedom Fighter Outreach, pick four, five, six guys, give them a polo, polo shirt that says Freedom Fighter Outreach. They get business cards. that says Freedom Fighter Outreach. They get a little, you know, a little backpack with a notebook or whatever. Their job is now, cause a lot of the, every one of our outreach guys are, well, not every one of them, but most of them are, are, you know, have heavy disability, meaning mm-hmm. that they, some of them, they, you know, they don't work. So this gives them um, a, purpose. a purpose, you know, right. now they have a job with us. Um, they got to find new veterans, bring new veterans in um, because there's, there's a lot of guys out there that are, are just hiding. Like not Ooh. when I say hiding, I mean like they're sitting at home playing Xbox. Right. And if they don't, have a friend of a friend who knows of them. I don't know how we'd ever find these guys, but that's what these guys do. They go out talk to their, you know, battle buddies for lack of a better word and find these guys. But anyway, we'll, now We're they. All grassroots.
2: Exactly. Uh, yeah.
1: Exactly. These outreach guys now are the guys who, who stay in touch and feel the, or I should say they become, I don't want to say therapist, but they become a therapeutic sounding board, a sounding board mm-hmm. for our new veterans. And the other thing we do with the outreach guys say we got five boats, we have five outreach guys in every event. The night before at dinner, the first night when we do our welcome dinner, we announce, we call up a captain, come up in front of everybody, and we, we name his three, four five veterans that are coming with them. They all come up. We take a group photo, hand them all a gift bag. But in each one of those groups is one outreach guy per boat. That, those guys have been there. They know it. They, most of the time, they know the captain. And um, it makes the other three or four guys they're fishing with immediately feel comfortable. Because you know Outstanding. yeah, you know, one that's of the a outreach great process, yeah it is yeah. A great, and now yeah. that outreach guy in the morning, you know you know you're getting up at five six in the morning, everybody might be a little groggy coming out. all the new veterans know they just got to find their outreach guy in mm-hmm. the morning, and that's who they're going with. He brings them to the boat it it works great, but that's what our outreach program is is they're they're in charge of keeping track of these guys, um you know, the guys that we've already had come through the process and uh making sure that um you know, that they stay, build a friendship and stay with these guys because they can relate better than Sarah and I can. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I was going to say. We want
3: that. them to feel good. We, You know, there's a lot of veterans out there because I'm more on the side of, I'm the one who fields all the emails and talks to all these veterans before they come on an event. And, you know, they're just nervous. You know, they don't sure. know what to expect. That's where they, they should be. I mean, yeah. yeah. They I mean, don't know what they're, they, they don't know if we're going to parade them around town. They don't, so... It, it, it's a process getting a veteran to an event. You know, I've have, I have a lot of veterans last minute, not even get on the plane. You yeah, know, really.
1: we have an attrition rate of about three to five guys in the last 24 hours. Yeah. wow. They yeah. just, right. they get cold feet last minute and say, right. they don't want, want to fly. I don't want to get on a train. I don't know if I can leave my dog. I don't know if I can leave my wife or kids.
3: Or that just, ha- they, just pure anxiety. Pure, I don't know what exactly. to expect. Yeah, they, they
2: don't want to step into the thought process again. And yeah, it, you know. So yeah. That,
3: yeah, that's why it's important that we have outreach there to say, hey, "Listen, on, it's not what yeah. you think it is. It's 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 it, you know just come. You know if you yeah. want to leave early, you can leave early. You know, you know if you want to you know, if you want to not come fishing the next day, we'll figure that out. But let's just come. And honestly, I, I mean, by the end of the dinner, some of these new vets they're still quiet, they're still reserved. I'm telling you though, by the next day, it is. I mean, we've had this conversation with Mike who's in the room. He's like i can't believe the next day how different every single human being in that in that and the whole event is it's like it's a whole new human being and it just takes getting there and relate and seeing that you're not the only one going through this uh-huh. you're not the only person that has bad days you know we all have bad days and especially when when you're a veteran i i think it might feel like you're having way worse days than the average person the average civilian and we totally get that. We understand that. And that's why we have outreach there to guide you. We just we just started a new process. I know Vinny talked about the boats where um, we have two veterans per hotel room. We room each new veteran with an outreach officer so that really. when they walk in, okay, I'm so-and-so with outreach and I'm here and I'm this is what we're here, but this is what we're about. Let's go downstairs. Let's go meet the group that's already here. Let's go have a drink at the bar. Let's go have a water on the beach, whatever it may be. But they're there in the room to welcome them into FFO, and that 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 was really good for Montauk this year.
1: Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't every new veteran. It was every Pretty single much, veteran yeah. who came not knowing anybody. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It We're was. Amazing. I think yeah. there was yeah. only guys. like yeah. There was only. It like was every two... single veteran that didn't know. Did, yeah. Didn't know. Didn't came in cold. You know. Cold didn't feet, know anybody. Yeah. We put them, and especially you kind of get a vibe for these guys. The Sarahs emailing them, um, just just you know through email, through text, through the tell. phone call. Yeah. 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 And yeah. if they, if they were, if they were real cold, you know, and like worried about it and there was anxiety, we would make sure that they were roomed with an outreach guy.
3: And some of them tell me I'm, I'm getting nervous. I don't know this person I'm rooming with and I'll, and you know, I'll have to have a, a conversation and say, I can assure you that I know this person personally, like I've known them for years and you're in good hands and it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be fine if you're uncomfortable we'll talk about it after dinner. Let's just, let's just try to get through, you know, therapy, I guess through email, but you know, some of them will tell you, or some of them will say, you know, I have a friend who served, like you said, I have a friend who served. Could I bring him with me? And if that makes him feel a little more comfortable rooming with his friend, then I'm going to go ahead and do that. Just, just to ease them. And, and that's get great into because it.
2: it's the right perspective. You know what I mean? That's why you're doing it right. So yeah. These guys are going to enrich themselves again and, yeah. and be more comfortable and I know we talk a lot about the name of the show is Connected by Water. We talk about water and all the stuff like that, but this isn't all outdoors friendly show. Uh, how much hunting do you guys get into now? Is it, is it mostly fishing for the most part? We do three or four small hunting trips. When I say small, it's just by
1: nature it's smaller because, you know, it's it's more personal in the hunting trips. Almost it's a little ever- different.
2: The hunting aspect yeah. is a little different than the fishing yeah. aspect. So I get, I, Yeah, every guy
1: needs a guide. Right. So... Right. The hunting trips are small. The only bigger hunting trips we do is when Brian Carpenter in Pennsylvania, he does a pheasant a pheasant hunt, mm-hmm. and there'll be seven, eight, nine guys, and there'll only be two guides because you know how that is with the pheasant hunt. They all walk the field. They got right. the dogs. We can put more guys, but when we've done the deer hunts or we do the hog hunts, it's two or three guys on a hunt um, just because, you know, it's got to be it's, – sure. it's every guy needs needs the attention – or not attention, but, like, you know, you need to, needs to have a guide with them. And – um you know, to take a lot of land to spread out all those kind of people. So right. when these guys who, when people call us about donating a hunt, it's either a guide who works, you know, works on a property for an owner or it's the owner mm-hmm. who say, I'm interested in doing this. You know, can I can, I can accommodate two, three, four guys. Right. Ryan
3: Carpenter um, does a hog hunt every year in Georgia And it's funny because the outfitter's name is Squeal Team Six, (laughs) and um, and they're they're really good. Yeah, they're great. They're really good about. um, I think it's. I want to say three or four vets. I have to off touch base with Brian. It was four. It was three or four, including Brian. And there was a guide with each one, and you know they they hit it off. Squeal Team team Six. Six. Yeah, they're hilarious pretty funny but you know they hit it off with brian and brian drives down from pennsylvania down to georgia and you know so that's i think brian heads up a lot of we haven't we haven't we've had a handful of hunts over the past few years it's not it's not huge you know our fit our our main forte is the fishing um but if somebody wanted to send us an email and say hey i live here i'd love to have a couple vets come hunt we're Mm -hmm. we're open we'll we'll find you vets that's not so they just need to contact you through your website yeah Yeah. just yep freedom fighter outdoor yeah freedomfighteroutdoors.org that, that, that yep. yeah, yeah. yeah
1: cool. but yeah nice so, but the so. fishing is we also do a few smaller fishing events like for example i'll tell you this other thing that just happened this year we had so much happen last year um Ooh, fresh water. Yeah. Yeah. yeah as far as i was gonna get it yeah okay work. that's a, all right yeah, yeah so i thought you um in the in the lighthouse point of event out here we've been tacking on an extra day to the event and now right. they they go offshore the first day and freshwater the second day right. and um there's a guy, Jose Carbonelli. He works over at Merritt. That's how I met him. Um, he works over at Merritt's and he, he's a bass guide. Um, you know, he's got a 20 foot stratus. And he's, you know, he's all into being a gas, bass guide, but he belongs to a bass club. He pitched it to his bass club Hey, would everybody like to take a veteran or two? Mm-hmm. And they, he got 12 boats, maybe more than that. I think I did 14 boats, but we put one or two guys on each boat for the second day doing it. All the guys involved said, I want to do it again. So now it's a thing. The other thing Jose did um, is he pledged to take 20, um, to take 24 veterans out in a year um, on his own, on his own time. So he's taking two guys out, you know, two guys out a month, mm-hmm. and then uh, taking them to everything from Lake Ida to Loxahatchee.
2: To, That's awesome. Yeah, That's so, really great. Yeah. I, mean, I think a lot of people dismiss that, too, about the area that we live in. I mean, we're, we're, right here, we're, we're in the Everglades studio, basically. Like, we're out west, like, all things considered. Right? It was really only 10 miles to the beach you know, or eight miles or however long it is, it's really not that far. And that's such a unique part about the area that we live in is that there's really kind of technically water on both sides. Right. But there's such a vast array of things to be had, you know, out there. And You and I have talked about the gator hunts that we've been on and and different things like that. Um, and just the bass fishing over there is phenomenal. It's one of the best places in the world to bass fish is right behind us, you know, and you can catch a, Sailfish and mutton snapper and, you know, bass and tarpon and snook, like, ethnically all in the same day, which I don't think there's many places in the world like that.
1: No. You know,
2: if any. Yeah. Like, if you really think about it, you know, meaning, like, you know, just South Florida in general, like, what Jensen, Jupiter, or whatever, like, down to the Keys, like, that whole stretch is just, you know, phenomenal. Yeah, and Jose,
3: Jose, oh, you want to, Jose, um, Jose wrapped his boat, um, Jose got so he did a, he did an event with FFO. Um, really liked what was going on at our events. Really wanted to get more involved, and he ended up buying a bass boat. And he wrapped the bass boat or was it with TK Custom Canvas. He wrapped the bass boat um, with all these FFO logos and FFO sponsors, and um, and that that's part of a pledge. The pledge he got a, a donor actually said, "I want to work with you on this pledge." I want you to take these veterans out a month and Jose has been doing it. He does a good job. And the good thing about Jose again, is he meshes so well with the veterans, Mm -hmm. you know, he he says sometimes they just don't want to talk and they want to sit there and I'm cool with that. I'm cool. They just want to, you know, they just want to be in the open air and, and then if they want to talk, Jose's there to talk and you know, he meshes well with everybody Mm -hmm. and, and you know, we're, we're, we're kind of, we're kind of getting into some things that we have some ideas for FFO, like, We've thought about start starting kind of a captain's program and, and doing something like Jode, Jose does and get more involved and do you want to take a vet out a month and mm-hmm. something like that. So we have a lot of projects where, and ideas we're working on, working towards, And but he's he's been kind of the main reason why we're having those thoughts is because he does such a good job.
2: He, he's at Merit? Yeah, he's, he runs the hall out, the travel so, lift. So, so I can segue into speaking of Merit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got a big project going on right now. Yeah. You're almost done with.
1: Almost done. They
2: got two weeks left. Two weeks left. All right. Yeah. We don't have a name for it yet. Don't have a name for it. <laughs> I hope you um, got the logo ready to go though. It's ready. <laughs> it's teed <it's, it's laughs> up, man. We're just ready to go. Type in the name. Yeah. We're done. <laughs> um, so you want to talk about the boat?
1: Yeah. Um, so. Well, yeah, actually, do you care if I, can I talk about how. How, Talk about whatever you want, man. Let me, let me say me segue yeah. into this, because I think it's an important part of the story of FFO and how we got started. Um, in 2009, when we did the first fishing trip, and I, and I hope I'm not going to bore anybody, but I feel like it's a good story. No, I don't
2: think you're, I mean, this is why we're here. We're here I to like just, telling let stories. It all, lay it all on, on the table, man. I like telling stories. So, yeah, that's a good I story. I like hearing this is, the stories. This that's, is why, that's why we started the podcast. Vinny's right. new job
3: is podcasting. Right. So, he's that's with it. you every there day. There we go. All
2: right. That's it. You can just, that's going to be Vinny's chair right there. We're going to put your I name like, just, just like Norm. It's just going to say Vinny. <laughs> right. And you walk in the room. You're going to walk in the room, and everyone's going to be like, Vinny. Just like they did with Norman. Cheers. Amen. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. And so next time we'll have beer on the table. I'm sorry we didn't have beer on the table today. We just have water and coffee.
1: All right. I'm good. All right. All right, so I'm gonna start this. I'll make it quick, but it's a it's a good story of how <laughs> we started in uh, in in 2009. All right, let me start with this. Let me tell you how how FFO how we got started with the veterans was. Um, I thought about going in the service. I didn't end up going in the service because last minute I got the job with Jimmy Buffett. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say last minute, I, there was a there was a Marine recruiter named Captain Pages who, when he heard about the the, the you know when he heard about what I was doing, he said, Now just just you should go do that." And I was kind of shocked that he mm-hmm. wasn't trying to pull me, pull, pull me in and didn't think much about it. It's um, funny how
2: my life's made up like those little decision moments, 100%. right? And if that dude would have been like, man, you can always get a job later on. That would have changed the course of your life. Hundred percent. Right? He would have guilted yeah. me. I knew it. I probably, yeah. it would be totally yeah. different.
1: Let's me go. Don't th- I, I, all hundred percent of my focus goes into this great new job opportunity that I got. Um, my, my youngest brother, he's four years younger than me. He ends up going in the Marine Corps. And through him being in the Marine Corps, I got to, you know, it hits home a lot different than I was. I was very aware of service in military and country because my dad taught me that as a kid. But when it's your own family member and he's telling you stories of guys that you met at his wedding or guys that you met at his house of what they're going through, what they're seeing, you know, it changes your whole perspective. So then I started to feel guilty. And it was the real first time that I really started to feel guilty. Like, this doesn't make sense. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm getting paid to, to I'm getting paid to do a hobby essentially, you know, right. and, and these guys are dodging bullets and losing limbs. That's it's
2: just, we're just painting fish for a living for crying out loud. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I yeah. hear you.
1: You sit there and say, how does this, this world is weird, you know, right. I mean it doesn't make sense how some people, you fall into like a dream job like I got, or even you got, I mean, you got a dream job too. I mean, it's like, and then you think about these guys, but anyway, so what happens, I, I end up going online and figure out what I could do to give back. And I'm thinking maybe I can try to take a couple of these guys fishing. I was on our, on my own, on my own boat. Um, and I, I end up coming across Wounded Warrior Project. And I thought at the time Wounded Warrior Project was like a government run, like a piece of the government. That's right. what I thought. I didn't do a whole lot. I just saw the website. It says you can donate a, a, you know, money. You can donate a service. So I write an email. I'm willing to take a couple of guys fishing out of South Florida. Here's my number. Two weeks later, um, I, there's, a, there's an Ar- Army veteran named John Pruden who still works for Wounded Warrior Project. He's still one of our great friends. Um, he, I end up getting a call from him. And I start telling him a little about it and he's like, oh, that's really awesome. I'll bring, I'll bring down a couple guys. What day are you thinking?
0: <clears throat>
1: we we kind of set something on schedule. I think it was a couple weeks out. And then one of my best friends, Tyler Andresen also worked for Jimmy. He was running Jimmy's yacht at the time. He, Tyler was Jimmy's fishing captain before me. And then he moved up okay. and Tyler is my fleet captain, Spider Andresen, not my fleet captain, Jimmy's fleet captains, right? Um, Spider's my boss, our fleet captain's son. So Tyler says to me, he says, oh, that's awesome. You're doing that. Uh, he says, did you tell Jimmy? I said, no. He says, you know, Jimmy's a big veteran supporter. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, like the whole soldier ride concert he does, he does for free, donates all back to the vets. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, you should say something. So I was like, uh, I, didn't, I don't say anything. Ty- Tyler tells Spider. And Spider says, if any, you, know, if you don't say something to him, I'm going to say something. So Spider writes Jimmy an email, copies me, and says, this is what Vinny's doing. Jimmy replies back and says, "You don't take your boat. Grab a couple more guys. Make them more comfortable. Take my boat. And I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's nice. awesome. Mm-hmm. I called John Pruden back from Winnie Warrior Project. Um, hey, John, by the way, I actually work for Jimmy Buffett and we're going to take his boat. He pauses. And, yeah. I, and I don't know if he believed. I asked him, ask him this day. It's a showstopper. I asked him this day. I said, did you believe people. me? And he goes, yeah. I kind of did because I didn't think you'd say something like it just, yeah. it was too crazy to <laughs> say. It was, was say. so crazy, was that so that crazy that to it, say. Yeah. I, I kind of be believed true. you. Yeah. And so, long story short, these, um, John comes down with three other veterans. And I remember that morning they drove from, from Gainesville. John picked up the guys on the way down from Gainesville. Um, the last stop he picked up a guy was Port St. Lucie, and they drove, they left like two, you know, they, they, they didn't spend the night. This was our first, you know, deal. They, they got them. They got up my house at like 6am. They roll out of the van. Three of them are missing legs. And that's when I was like, Whoa, this is real. Yeah, like, it you, it know, sounds, you, yeah. every, you know, when you see every three guys wearing shorts, missing legs, huge smiles on their faces. But I was like, wow. I'm like, all right. And then, you know, this is real. And I kind of got a little emotional for a second. And I was like, "Wow, well, all right. Anyway, um, they get on the boat and we had a phenomenal day. Um, We caught, this was off of Boca. This is off San Remo. Mm-hmm. We didn't get started. We didn't end up getting out there until like 8.15. Um, and Tyler came with me. That was the other important part of this trip. Tyler ends up coming on the trip with me. And we caught three blackfin tunas. I don't remember how many kingfish.
0: Mm-hmm. Six,
1: seven, eight kingfish a couple Mahi over 15 pounds and a double of yellowfin tunas that were 55 pounds. How deep were you? 105 feet. Nice. Sitting there with the kites up fishing four lines. Beautiful. I mean that, and now it's, a, now it's 1115. And we were like, we're, let's, we're done. Let's go in. Right. I come back in and people at the Marina saw, you know, the, the, the catch and they, and a lot of the guys, at the Marina were like, oh, you just left here, you know, three and a half hours ago. S- somehow somebody talked to Sun Sentinel and steve waters uh, he, wrote an article he's a great guy yeah yeah he so really he, is a good dude he did a great job writing an yeah. article and then from that article it made everybody very proud jimmy was proud spider's proud me and tyler were proud and th- right at that moment some people did start reaching out to me saying hey if you ever do this again i'd love to be involved mm-hmm. but that was the first ever trip and when i and i know you, you understand fishing and if anybody's listening that doesn't understand fishing that kind of day or not i should <laughs> say doesn't understand fishing but doesn't know what kind of a day that is off South Florida. That's it's rare, unheard of yeah. almost. Like yeah. It's very rare. Very you know. Rare. And for that to happen with those guys that morning, it almost doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, um, Yeah.
2: It was, what do they call that? Providence? Yeah. right. Divine Intervention? Divine Intervention. Yeah. That was
1: the first thing JB said to yeah. It was like, or my boss said, Um, you know, it's like almost meant to be. And then he said, do this whenever you want. If I'm yeah. not using the boat, do it as much as you want. That's how, that's, that was, how this all started. That's how that's how it started. So anyway, going back now, I can tell you about the boat. I want to
2: interject one thing though, that, um, maybe you might not be focusing too much on is just obviously shout out to Jimmy Buffett, but the guy does a lot more than people realize. And that he doesn't want to take credit for that. He doesn't want in the spotlight. If only people knew like the half of it, you know, they'd be, they'd, probably be putting the statue of the guy up somewhere. You know hundred percent. I mean? that, that's the truth. Yeah.
1: And he doesn't, and he never, I mean, He's so he always wants, wants to stay out of it. it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people that are behind us at, you know, at my company or not my company, but Jimmy's company, mm-hmm. um, that send, we get inundated with Margaritaville stuff for all the gift bags. Mm-hmm. They don't want any attention. They don't care if we t- talk about it on social media.
3: And the other thing real quick too, and not to interrupt is, um, last not this past summer this last uh ju- june june 2018 Vinny was out with mr b on the boat and um we were all in montauk at rick's having rick, rick rick's crabby cafe in montauk donates the full dinner for the kickoff party every Fantastic. year donates the entire dinner it was our
1: first night dinner the welcome it dinner. was our welcome
3: yeah. dinner you know our kickoff dinner we call it and um vinnie mr b says oh it's tonight and tells vinnie pull me up i'm gonna i'm gonna go greet each veteran and ken weiner really ken, yeah mm-hmm. ken weiner came up to me the picture's on facebook it's, it's it's on facebook if anybody wants to see it ken weiner came up to me and said you know i gotta tell you something sarah i don't know another celebrity that would have had vinnie drop him off on the next dock over and walk right to their car and drive away he came over shook every single one of our hands, stayed for a few minutes, took a few pictures. He took individual pictures with I don't know how many veterans. Mm -hmm. Almost all of them. Almost all of them. And then, you know, he had to get on his way eventually and left, but he he did that. And, you know, Ken was so blown away that a celebrity didn't just turn around and walk the other way. He walked into the crowd, walked into the group, and and showed his support. Yeah. And it was amazing. Everybody was just so thankful for it, for him just... Just doing that, just getting yeah. a picture with him. Yeah,
1: and 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 Jimmy supporting me right off the bat mm-hmm. has created so much legitimacy to what we are doing because if I have his his support, there's been a lot of people who don't know me but just assume because if I have his support, this is something that you know is real and maybe they should look into. Like we get a lot of, well, for example, like you know, J- Jimmy was really tied in with with Garmin and all mm-hmm. these companies that you know. Those are his relationships, but now they're, you know, our relationships with FFO because, you know, if we're working, if he's supporting us, they're supporting us.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the endorsements help, but I mean, th- not to take away from the efforts that you guys make, have made and make on a daily basis though, just to be clear, you know what I mean? The endorsements yeah. help, but I mean, a lot, it's, what's making the businesses, you know, also Yeah, everything that we've talked about up until this point, right. you know, so f- for sure. So the boat, the boat,
1: yes. Thanks for keeping me on track. The uh so our the, the the latest build that we're doing is um we we have a forty two Freeman Hull. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's got you know, it's got quad Yamaha's on it. Freeman sent us the hull, bare bones, just the hull, homeland hull deck and the motors hanging on it. And we brought it to Mayor Boatworks and we're building a pilot house, forty two Freeman, and it's it's we, we have the it's first the talk, talk of the town. Yeah, it is definitely <laughs> talking no about a lot it. of attention yeah. and the talk um, of
3: social media. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, um, it's, it, it, it literally has a merit house on a 42 Freeman. Mm-hmm. We got air conditioning. We got heat. We got satellite Wi-Fi. We got TV. We have,
2: it's looking great. It,
1: we got everything you can imagine in a unreal fishing machine and unreal mm-hmm. fishing platform. It's going to be fast. It rides well. It's got a whole 800 gallons of fuel. Um, it's going to do a lot of things, um, that we, you know, because we had the Rybovich, but the Rybovich was our main fishing boat before this. And um, not knocking Rybovich at all, but it didn't have the speed or the, or the, mm-hmm. or that one we had, did not have the speed or the range that this boat will have. Well, it's a different platform. Totally it's different platform. Yeah. Totally. It's not even apples to apples. Right. not even close. That's so, what I mean. It's like,
2: yeah. yeah. So
1: we can't even compare the two. So right. it's, this is going to do a lot of things that to on off marks on, on Jimmy's bucket list. You know, we'll, mm-hmm. be to, we'll be able to go to canyons that that we wouldn't have run to otherwise, and um you know, we we're hoping to do like a Georgia's Bank trip and do all these awesome sure. things that we weren't able to do before, and we'll do it in comfort. And know?
2: working with Roy on that's got to be like I'm sure like you guys are getting like the royal treatment because he's just phenomenal. Yeah, you know, and Roy's, the whole Merritt family is just great too. I'm I'm sure they're doing you guys right. They
1: are. We're we're we're, we're very fortunate that. Roy loves this project because it's different it's something different mm-hmm. it's, you know it's not what they always do um and because we got you know all of his attention he is he's 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 really he's putting so much effort into it though, between giving us the his you know his best guys to do certain parts of the task and making sure that we're staying on schedule because
2: he stuck the boat right outside of his office he looks at the boat every time he walks out of his office. Mm-hmm. Oh. No, I'm sure he's super proud of it. He is I mean, very proud. Know, of it. And plus, too, to work with Freeman, it's like one of the most sought after. I can't call it a center console necessarily. I guess I can, but it, it's one of the sought, sought, most sought after boats on the market right now. You know, like think like four year waiting list or something. something I think it's like crazy. I think it
1: might be down to two they, and a half years. Maybe.
2: I'm sure. Are they? Aren't they expanding now? I think are, their operation f- to, to to kind of work on putting it in that time frame. So yeah,
1: they, they're going to try to lower the time frame. They're trying to buy a bigger facility. Yeah. That's cool. It's um, yeah. a great boat. I shouldn't say trying. I think they've secured the facility, but I think they got to build it.
2: Yeah. They're beautiful but boats.
1: Working with them has been great. Um, you know, there's, you know, Billy, the, 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 fun, the funny thing about, about Billy is I don't think Billy realizes how much he's changed the, the boating industry with mm-hmm. what he created there. I really don't think, I shouldn't, it doesn't seem like he does. When you talk to him, he's very humble. Right. He's really quiet. Yeah. You know, he that's does. that's good though. I and mean, It
2: keeps the product straight. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And the one thing that, and, and when, um, Freeman came out with a video called the Freeman story and it's about, you know, the American made story. Mm-hmm. How it started in his garage with the support of his wife, Sally. And that's how they started. I showed Jimmy that video. Um, after we already had one, we already had our little Freeman, but I, mm-hmm. when their video came out, um, Jimmy can relate so much to that because he's an American made story too. You know? Sure. Started yeah. singing in bars in Key West and, and one one thing, and I don't want to, I don't want to, I'll quote Jimmy, because I think it's such a cool quote that he said, he said, you know, in life, there's not many people who have put their, their thumb on the pulse of exactly what, what America wants. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about Billy, right? you know, and, you know, you know, because he nailed it. This is like, you know, he created something that once everybody saw it, that's what they wanted. But the irony, irony in that is Jimmy did the same thing with his music, you know, at the time. Yeah, that's and, awesome. You know, Margaritaville
2: and everything. Another... Another quote from Shane Buffett. Yeah. <laughs> he's I, got a, uh, he's got I, a million I, good ones. In my, my my yearbook, you know, you always do like a senior yeah. quote. Mine was good times and riches and son of a bitches. I've seen more <laughs> than I can recall. <laughs> <laughs> that, was my, that was the quote in my, in my yearbook. Um, are you excited to fish on that boat or what? I can't wait. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah he's ready. Um,
3: Real quick, too, I just want to say, because we were talking about Roy, um, Roy is – Super supportive of the vets and FFO. Sure. And we're super thankful for that.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, And that's another company that's like local and worldwide at the same time, you know? Yeah. For sure. Great. So I wanted to, since we're on the topic, I have to tell this story. Okay. Because it's my favorite Jimmy Buffett story. Right. If you guys will indulge me like for a minute. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm in high school. Right. And, you know, I, I really hope, Mr. Buffett gets to, to hear this story because I think it's, it's kind of funny. So he calls like an impromptu concert because the manatee numbers had come out that day. And I think we were down to like 60 something manatees on the census. And he was in the Bahamas at the time. I, I may be just paraphrasing this whole, you know, but this is the general gist of it. Um, and he goes, you know what? That's too low. I'm going to do a concert, free concert. At the time it was a sunrise musical theater, which is no longer at this point, right, and me and my buddy, I think I was a junior in high school, maybe a senior, me and my buddy Andy scrambled, we got tickets, right, and we were going to see Jimmy Buffett, and we ended up getting, like, third row. It's like, my God, you know, he just walked up, and it was just like a lamp on the stage and an acoustic guitar, and it was just it. No coral reefers, just Jimmy, right, doing an acoustic set, It was pretty much almost taking requests. Like it was not like a set show. All the money was going into the Manatee Research and let's get those numbers up and everything like that. That was the coolest thing, right? Of course, I'm in high school. Of course, we're going to see Jimmy Buffett. Probably had one too many, (laughs) right? So backtracking a little bit. My buddy Andy and I would drive to school every morning, right? We went to Gibbons right here. It was probably about a 20-minute, 25-minute drive to school every morning. So for the longest time, I had the tape, the cassette tape of You Had to Be There, right? Which was a live show that he did at the Fox Theater in Atlanta, Georgia. It was, like I don't know, from like late 70s, early 80s, right? One of the songs on there was God's Own Drunk. Every morning when Andy walked into my car, i picked pick him up from his house. I would press play. He goes, oh, you know, friends, let me tell you, what no ordinary still. Like this whole song, like, oh no, right? And we would just like ritually like listen to that every morning. So when it came time to see Jimmy Buffett, when it was just Jimmy, and it was just a core first we're like, we got to make him do it. We got to make him do it, right? So a couple of times we'd yell, God's own drunk. God's own drunk. And we did like two or three songs in a row. And finally he turned to us and he goes, all right, all right. I remember my first beer too. <laughs> and he played it. And I was like, man, that was like my greatest. Jimmy Buffett ever. So anyway, thanks for indulging me on that story. <laughs> So we were like word That's for word, funny. like singing it with him and it, the whole thing <laughs> like that. And it was cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So anyway, Too funny. listen guys, I'm going to end it on that. I want to really thank you guys for coming in here. Um, You know, and I also just want to say that this podcast, I might've touched on it earlier Been a long time coming. It's one of those projects that, over time, we we're like, yeah, we're gonna do a little bit of it here. We're gonna do a little bit of the planning here. How are we really gonna integrate it into the business? And then we had the whole bridge project, which really like took the studio over. Um, uh, but you know, we always sort of focused, like, no, we're gonna do this podcast. I just want to do it just because I want. I'm so locked into the studio all the time that I'm kind of like I can't get out to the water as much as I want to, as like much as I used to. If I go, well, I'm gonna bring the water to me, right? And just have people come in the community around this about what we do to me is just so important. I mean, that's really why at the end of the day you do it. It's just to be a part of the community to do what you love, to follow your passion and follow your dreams. Um, I couldn't think of a better way to start this off than having the both of you guys on. And you guys, we really appreciate you sitting in the corner. I'm sorry we didn't have headphones for you today. Um, but you know, it's really means a lot to me and my family it means a lot to Liz. Um, you know, and everyone involved here in the Vandy and Jenny and John over there is over there, you know, Hey, what's up? Shout out to John. You didn't even get to talk on your mic today. Can you say something? No, I didn't get to talk. To there you. he is. Hopefully, I don't talk
3: very much, but hopefully we didn't bore you today. So that's John no, John <laughs> <That's John's laughs> <John's laughs>
2: over there in the corner making it all happen. So I want to thank John. He's worked real hard uh, with us getting this going, getting all the sound equipment going. Um, we wanted like like I'm the kind of guy that I don't do anything unless I do it right. And um, I wasn't going to just strap a couple, you know, laptop mics up and just do some, you know, podcasts. I don't believe in working like that. It's kind of like a mantra of the studio. It's always quality, whether we're printing something or producing something and painting something, designing something. It's always quality. I don't care if it takes longer. Sorry to some of my customers out there that we take a long time for. But when you do, at the end of the day, get the product, it's right. Um, so I believe you guys are the same way right? Like-minded in that respect. Like when you deliver to your veterans, it's right at the end of the day and it means a lot and it's worth it. So I am honored that you guys have come on for our first ever of what we feel are going to be thousands of podcasts. Um, so thank you very much. We Anything, appreciate, appreciate it. it. Anything you guys want to end with?
3: No, they, well, this is special to us. Because yeah, it it's another first for us and we're, we're thankful you chose us.
2: Yeah. You kidding me? Come on. We really so I it. I want to have you on more, you know, Absolutely. and, and I, we're gonna have another a headphone and mic set up for you <laughs> next time. <laughs> <We'll> bring <laughs> our I, veterans I in. Yes, yeah. A thousand pair. Bring the veterans in. Bring the outreach in. Yeah. You know, I know we, we do a bunch of stuff together all the time, so I'm sure we're gonna be doing more together. So, thank you for coming in. You. So, <laughs> you want to say something? You're okay? All right. Let it be known on record. She said I'm okay. She's a teenager. Yeah. All right, guys. Cool. Connected by water. Check it out. Thank you so much.